Welcome to the podcast from In Church, Phoenix. This message is, Seeking Jesus, with Pastor Scott Dawkins. November 20th, 2016. I remember being there the whole, that whole weekend and throughout the, the, the message, the, the guy who was preaching, I don't remember his name, and uh, he hit play on this CD player, and I'll, you, I'll explain what a CD player is to you later on. And uh, he, he turned around while this song was playing and he was painting this picture and he he's a very good artist. So he's painting this picture with the watercolors and crowns, whatever he was using. And he painted like the scene. You could see the, the tomb with the stones being rolled away and the, the crosses, the three crosses over in the background. And it was a really, I mean, the, to link the song together with the with the image was fantastic. And I don't know who was who the song was written by, but when the guy turned around, he'd been doing all the artwork with his right hand, he turned around and it'd been him singing the whole time while he's painting and doing this. It's pretty impressive. And he got to the end of the presentation and, and he asked us all to close our eyes and, and bow our heads and, and uh, he wanted to you know, just give every single young person there an opportunity to become a Christian that morning. And you know, and I'd grown up in church. I I think maybe the first or second Sunday after I was born, I think I'd been in church, and uh, so I, I I got it. I understood it. I'd heard it all before, but not like I did that day. And uh, I was, and I I was a I believe I was a Christian. I think I was a Christian. I don't know. Only only the Lord would know that. I certainly believed I was a Christian, but I knew something was different that day. I knew that he was my savior, but maybe that day was the day that he became my Lord. And sometimes they're the same day, and sometimes they can be a little bit separated. Not that they should be, but just for me, I think it was. And uh, so he asked us all to close our eyes and, and bow our heads. And, uh, and I knew where he was going with this. And my heart was racing because I was in a room amongst all my peers. All the, all the young people knew me. I knew them. We, we'd all played games together. We all knew each other. We knew our families. We'd done church picnics together. We'd done, all, we'd done it all. And, uh, but I knew that I was going to be raising my hand. But this inner struggle, this kind of, I don't want to because now everyone's going to think I've been a, a hypocrite or everyone's going to think that I've been you know, living a double life and think, oh, now, Scott, what about before? How come? And so I'm, I'm sitting there with this struggle, and he gets to the point where he says, okay, I want to ask if you want to give your life to Christ today, would you raise your hand? And uh, I knew that day something was different for me. So despite all the inner stuff going on, I raised my hand. And everyone's eyes are closed, and the, and the guy said, thank you, you can put your hands down. And then he made it worse because he said, if you raise your hand, I'm going to ask you in just a few moments to come out the front. I thought, oh, man, it's going to be me and this other kid, you know, who, who comes out the front. Everyone's going to look and now they're really going to know. And uh, so he gave the count of three, one, two, three. But you know what? I knew I had to do it. To, for me, it, it, it came to a point where I really didn't have to care. I decided I'm not going to care. I'm not going to worry about what everyone else thinks. This is the decision that I'm making today. So I stood up along with about 40 others of the 50. And we all went forward that day. You know, something had changed that day. Something was was different. 
in that in that day you know and, and that was for me the beginning of a journey of really seeking seeking the Lord seeking Jesus and I would go to school and you know, as, a, as a kid and I'd come home from school and this is going to sound a little bit weird maybe but I would come home from school there was a season in my life where I'd come home and I'd go in my bedroom I'd close the door I'd open my Bible and I'd read and I'd read and I'd read and I'd read and an hour would go past and it got to the point where I, I couldn't wait to get home from school every day so I could have that time in God's Word. I wasn't a pastor. I hadn't done any religious studies. I wasn't expected of me. I just had this desire in me to seek Him, to, to, to know Him more. And, and this is going to sound really nerdy. But there was one night where a friend of mine had a, a movie night at his house. And uh, so we, a few of us from our you know, youth went to his house and we... I guess we had pizza or whatever we were doing and get to put the movie on. And he had his Bible sitting on the coffee table. And it was like drawing me. It was calling out to me. Pick me up. Pick me up. Read me. It, it was an addiction. <laughs> Just about, I think, it become an addiction in my life where I, I literally did while the movies was playing. I picked up the Bible and I was just reading. I, I couldn't get enough. Of of seeking seeking the seeking him seeking Jesus learn, wanting to know him more wanting to draw closer to him I wanted to hear his voice I wanted to know his will I wanted to know his thoughts I wanted to know what he would do and I wanted to know what he would say and I knew I could never be him but I wanted to be just like him and I was convinced as a sixteen year old and I am convinced today that there is no greater way to live than to live my life seeking him seeking him and we live our lives seeking many things we we seek a good education we seek a good job we seek a nice home we seek a nice car we want good things we like convenience we like things now we expect great service we want good deals but in the midst of all of that are we seeking Jesus are we consulting him are we asking him? Are we looking for our answers from Him? Are we really seeking Jesus at all anymore, or do we wait until a crisis hits and then and then seek Him? You know, Judy, you said something before um, which shocked me, um, not in a bad way. <laughs> but after sharing her testimony, she said, because of the prize of of drawing so close to the Lord. She would do it again. She would go through that again. If that meant she could be that close to the Lord. And I thought, man, that's what I want. I don't want to go through the stuff. None of us wants to go through the stuff. But I want to know him more than I did yesterday. And tomorrow I want to know him more than I know him today. In Mark chapter 5, I'm not going to speak for long. I'm not going to share long today. There's really just one thought that I want to communicate, and we've already really talked about it, but hopefully this will help us uh, just grab a hold of it a little bit more. Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 21, it says, And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him and a great crowd 
followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather she had grown worse. And she had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned around, turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. You know, Jesus wasn't even going to her. He was going to the ruler's daughter. He was going to Jairus's daughter. This, this lady, this woman wasn't even on his agenda, wasn't on his radar, wasn't on his calendar of things to do that day. He was on his way somewhere else. Jesus wasn't seeking her. He was seeking the daughter of the local ruler, Jairus. But her thought was, if I can just touch the hem of his robe, I will be healed. Now, people are everywhere. There's people pushing. They're thronging around Jesus. And Jesus is trying to get through the crowd. Lots of people touching Jesus, but only one was seeking him in faith. Only one reached out to touch him with faith. And I was just thinking about this. I wonder who else was in the crowd that day who had a need. Same Jesus. I wonder who else had need in that crowd today. And if they had just known, if they had just thought, man, if I can just touch, I'm going to be healed. If I can just touch his clothes, I can be made whole. If I can just touch the hem of his clothes. Who else was sick? Who else had a limitation in that crowd that day that only Jesus could remove? Who who had missed their opportunity because they weren't, they may have been seeking Jesus, the popularity figure, but they weren't seeking the Jesus that the woman had sought out. Lots of people touching Jesus, but only this lady who touched Jesus with faith. Every day we have the same opportunity as this woman. Every day when I wake up, I can allow my, my faith in him to be greater than the fear in me. Every time I open the Bible, I can read it with an expectation of hearing what he wants to speak to me. And every time I don't open the Bible, I deny myself the opportunity of hearing from him. That's a deep thought. I mean, I get it. Every time I open the Bible, man, I'm get, I get to hear what God wants me to say. What well, God wants me. I get to hear what God wants to say to me. But every, every day that I don't open my Bible... What opportunities am I missing? What am I not hearing that he wants to share with me that day that I may even need later that day, but I don't hear it. I don't read it. I don't receive that. Every time Every time I pray, I come into his presence and he hears my prayers. Every time I don't pray, I've chosen to stand alone and chosen to figure it out on my own. But Jesus is here and I want to encourage you 
this morning. I want to, I want to come, hopefully I'm trying to encourage us this morning. Have we got a lifestyle that's seeking him? Tomorrow morning when we wake up and it's Monday again. Are we going to start the, start the week with a, oh man, it's Monday again. Or can we start the day seeking him? Can we start the day saying, Lord, this is the day that you have made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to, I want to get, I want to hear what you want to say to me today. Lord, will you speak to me today? Will you show me in your word? Will you speak to my heart? Holy Spirit, will you go with me today? Will, can you speak? So I don't want to miss an opportunity. I don't want to miss hearing one word that you've got for me today. Having a lifestyle of seeking him. Verse 20, verse 35. And while he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? This is one of our greatest fears, I think, that Jesus will be too late. That Jesus won't get here in time. That Jesus has other things on his list of things to do so so we can wait. That the window of time we think Jesus should be here is different to when Jesus actually does get here. I can't imagine what the ruler, Jairus, what he must have been thinking in that moment when he got the news that that Jesus was late. And perhaps if he hadn't stopped for this other woman, that maybe there would have been more time for his daughter. We, we've all been in those moments, we've all been in those times where we're just waiting, we're just praying, we're believing, we're standing in faith. We've We've been praying to Jesus, we've been crying out to Jesus, and Jesus seems to be taking his time. Jesus seems to be late. He seems to be far slower than we think that he should be. We've all been in those moments that Jesus has other things and that we can wait. But verse 36, but overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear. Only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion and people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. You know, when we are believing what Jesus says over what culture says, over what other people say, sometimes you have to move the doubt and the fear out of the room. You've got to get it out of there. You, you need to remove it, separate from it. Jesus we want, we want Jesus in the room. We, we're, we're seeking him. We want fear out of the room. We want stress out of the room. We want anxiety out of the room. We only need Jesus, and then Jesus can take it from there. Sometimes we've got to move those things out of the way. We've got to decide, hey, I'm not going to fear. I, I need to decide. I'm not going to stress. And I know that's so much easier said than done. But when you can seek the Lord, when you can spend the day every day in the Word and you, you know what Bible verses, you know what His Word says and you know His encouragement 
to us, then we can stand through those times and understand that he hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And then you might need to tell yourself that again. He hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but I'm afraid. Well, he hasn't, God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And every time fear starts to come back up again, we tell ourselves again, God hasn't given me a, a spirit of fear. Or his word, God's words to Joshua, fear not, for I am with you. Only be strong and courageous. When we have the word of God in our lives and operating in our lives, we can speak to the doubt. We can speak his word to the fear. Verse 41, taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha Kumi, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age, and they were immediately overcome with amazement. What do you need Jesus to do that only Jesus can do? I love those words. Immediately overcome with amazement. Two minutes ago, they were weeping and mourning, thinking the girl's life was over, thinking that it was the end. But just in one moment, in one of those immediately moments, they went from mourning to being overcome with amazement what if you're just about to give up on what god wants to do what what if you thought it was over like they did they thought the girl's life was over but jesus had different ideas he had a different thought he had a different plan but we can be in those moments and we can think it's over we can think it's done we, we can think, oh, man, it's too late. Missed the opportunity. But in just, in that moment of complete and utter despair to like two seconds later where, where Jesus says these words to the daughter, hey, rise. Everything changes in just one moment. And I want to encourage somebody here today that you, that you really are just a one moment. You're trying to think with your mind how your situation is going to play out. You're trying to think, well, if this happens or if this person does this or if I get a call of that, if you start to think in your own mind how it's going to work out. If you could make it work out, this is how it should work out. And you start to see all those opportunities and everything like that kind of become a non-possibility except for Jesus, except for him, because in one moment, everything can change. And on a Sunday, you can be despairing. On Sunday, you can be mourning. On Sunday, you can be stressed out and so anxious. And Monday morning comes and something happens that you never saw coming, that you didn't even know was a possibility could happen. And then everything changes. We serve that kind of God. We, we serve that kind of Jesus. He is that powerful and He is that strong. One phone call, one job interview, one interaction, one conversation. Now, if we all learn to seek Jesus first and to seek his way above my own way, all these things shall be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way, his will, and all these things that we're crying out for, that we're believing for, that we're hoping for, that we, all these things, every single thing that you need, 
maybe not every single thing that you want, but every single thing that you need. When, when he says, all these things shall be added unto you, that's what he's talking about. If we would just cultivate a lifestyle of seeking him, if we would look to him. You know, I, I, I said it back at the start that, you know, I was, I was a teenager when I, people, I guess they see me reading my Bible. I, I read my Bible in a few different places and one of them happens to be at a Starbucks and, and people will come in and, and they'll, oh, you're a pastor. And I feel like, and I am, but I feel like saying, I was reading this before I was a pastor. Because I have the title of pastor is not the reason why I read this. I read this because I'm a Christian. I read this because I'm saved. I read this because I am redeemed. And I, I, I read this because I grow in my relationship with Him. I don't grow in my relationship with Him because I'm a pastor. That's just a title that I have. I grow in my relationship with Him because I'm a Christian. I pray to Him, not because I'm a pastor. I pray to Him because I'm a Christian. And that's all of us. And I just want to encourage us. How, how is your seeking Him going? How, how are you going with that? Do you just wait for a, a Thursday night or do you wait for a Sunday before you kind of blow the dust off the Bible? Or you now if you use a, a phone, blow the dust off your iPhone for your Bible? Do you, do you just wait for the for the for the Sunday for the service where you where you get to hear someone who stands up the front and says, "Hey, the Bible says this," or tomorrow morning where you wake up and think, "Man, I want to see what God wants to say to me today. I want to pray and I want to hear what God wants to speak to my heart today." Because I guarantee you, every single day He has something He wants to say to you through His Word and even in our prayer time. Every day you have the opportunity of hearing from the one who made you, from the one who saved you and redeemed you. Amen? Amen. I just want to ask everyone, just which, if you would close your eyes and bow your heads this morning. Dear Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. And today, I give my life to you. I want to know your will. I want to know you. I want to live my life in a way that glorifies you. Thank you for becoming my Savior today. And thank you for being my Lord. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope it blessed and encouraged you. Join us live on Sunday or at our Midweek Connect small group meetings in North Phoenix, Arizona.